morning, everyone. Welcome to Soulful Schools, a masterclass on alternative education in collaboration with Helios Educare. It started its journey 15 days ago with the second edition of Masterclass series. This will take you on a journey of transformation. We are thrilled to introduce you to 30 alternatives, holistic and democratic learning spaces selected from across the country where innovative topics, informative content and progressive ideas are being shared with you all. We are sure that these forthcoming sessions will inspire you to bring about possible changes, the alternatives in your schools to take to the community to a new direction and development. I, Dr. Meera Subramaniam, once again welcome you all, your moderator for the day. To briefly introduce myself, I'm a lifelong learner and an educationist. I have a master's degree in botany and biochemistry and also master in management studies of education. I have done my PhD in education, the topic being the policies and programs of the professional development of teachers in the USA implications to India. I have 40 years of teaching experience also holding administrative posts, including a principalship. I am now a CBSE trainer. I'm also presented several papers in national and international conferences on the professional development of teachers uh, and written chapters for several books. I'm also a reviewer for in the and in the educational board of several international journals. I'm very happy to welcome today Rajendran Dhanapandi from Joho Corporation. Inspirational speaker, evocative writer, passionate doer, Rajendran Dhanapandi is the director of engineering Joho Corporation. After dropping out of IIT Madras as an engineer in electronics and electrical communications, Rajendran was part of the founding team of Joho Corporation, then called Bamboo's Systems. Later, he spent seven years at Zirago, Asia's largest new age marketing faculty, marketing entity as their chief algorithms officer, managing projects and services for clients, including Citibank and Citi. After rejoining Zogo Corporation in 2004, he has been serving a triple role at the company. He spearheads mobile development at Zogo with a multi-talented team that builds mobile apps for its 45 million plus customers. He's the president of Zogo Schools of Learning, Zogo's own ongoing social experiment seen by many as a visible alternative to conventional college education. His vast expertise in convincing and nurturing creative concepts into full-fledged software applications and his role as president at Zogo Schools of Learning, Zogo's ongoing experiment in alternative education, make him a much sought-after speaker and panelist. A Dichon Apple fan, he believes in aspiring to be insanely great at anything he attempts. He is also a TEDx speaker and a technology evangelist who tries to share hard-earned advice and 
best practices from his two dozen years of professional experience. Beyond work, he is a contra-academician at heart, feeling strongly that the education system in India needs a reboot. He also walked the talk, doing his own small bit by free schooling his 20-year-old son at home. His son graduated out of Yoga Schools of Learning and is now his colleague at Zobo Corporation. I don't want to stand between the viewers and the Rajendran Tanapandian. I'm also eagerly awaiting to listen to Rajendran on imbibing life skills for a post-COVID world. Over to Rajendran, sir. So let's get started right away. It's uh, about Zoho Schools of Learning. And I'm here to talk to you about, many people call it a crusade. And uh, it's something that's really close to our heart. In years we've been doing this. And it is about this academic credentialism, the degrees, the unnecessary artificial importance we attach to those certificates, while practical learning on the field is probably much, much more important. So I'm going to talk to you about how it works and why it works. First, a quick note on Zoho itself. It's a company uh, from Chennai in Tamil Nadu, and uh, we've been around for 25 years now. And our software is a toolkit, a suite of products that work beautifully together to help companies run their business online. We have 50 million users around the world, and we are around 10,000 employees in Chennai. As Zoho Schools, we have been operating for 15 years now. More than 22 faculty members work with us. Most of them also do work at Zoho. Day to day, they are professionals. They are designers and developers and marketers at Zoho. They also spend time working with the students at Zoho Schools. That's something unique about them. We will learn about it shortly. More than 850 alumni. It's going to be 1,000 this year. Almost all of them continue to work at Zoho and impart knowledge to the juniors who join them. There are four specializations. I'll tell you a little more about it. We have one school in Chennai and another school for the past six years now in Tenkasi. There were three reasons we really started Zoho schools. It was called Zoho University at that time. It was a philosophy, a necessity, and a realization. What was the philosophy? Nothing deep, actually. It started with a coffee conversation. And we started asking some folks and we started getting some unusual answers. So we thought, let's make it formal. And we polled all the 3,000, 4,000 employees we had at that time. We asked them this question. How useful do you find your college education for the role you're currently playing? We see education as a continuous progression from a generic education we get to a technical education and then to a lifelong career in that technology or domain. That's probably a pipe dream. That's not really the case because this is what we heard as answers. Yes, some of them said it was really useful, but most of them had answers like these. Across the country's time, the length and breadth of the country, top-ranking colleges, as well as colleges that were very new in the landscape. This was the feedback we got. 
And this was in 2004. What is it in 2020? This is what Elon Musk is saying when he announced about a new role in artificial intelligence programming at Tesla, people asked him, how do I apply? How many PhDs do I need? It's definitely not required. All that matters is a deep understanding is what he said. I don't care if you even graduated high school. It is just that we came to this realization 15 years earlier. Luckily for us, you will know what the reason is in the next two slides. He continues, do you still stand firmly? Of course, he says. And just last week, Google came out with this. I'm not sure how many of you noticed. Google says, we are launching a college diploma equivalent. $49 per month for the next couple of months, and you will be as qualified from the eyes of Google and so many other companies that have partnered with us as a four-year college graduates. Times are changing. So what was the necessity? That was the philosophy. What was the necessity? We were called Bamboo Systems at that time. And then we became AdventNet. You will notice we have used Comic Sans font for AdventNet. We were that fledgling a company, just getting started, not really recognized. And so we weren't sought after. Tier one colleges didn't invite us for placement. IATs and IAMs didn't even know of our existence. So we had to find talent. Talent didn't want to find us. So that was the necessity. There were no first day placements. Suburban institutes, we went into the boondocks, tried searching for, is there a college who will even acknowledge us as a company up and coming and give us their resume? Word of mouth was the primary way of recruitment friends and relatives recommending that here is a company that's trying to do something interesting. Thirdly, there was a realization, a sense of helplessness. Most of our managers, when they recruited from those colleges and started looking at those researchers who had just joined them, they realized there was starting trouble. Did this, did this boy learn anything at all at college? They're supposed to have a degree in computer science four years in IT, but I am forced to train them for six more months before they become productive. When will they become productive was the question. So what's missing? There seems to be something wrong. When we went to Quora as recently as a month ago, just to confirm that things haven't changed still, unfortunately, these were the answers we got at Quora for this question. How are students in Indian colleges taught programming? We are shocked at the answers. Look at the answers. We are taught programs, not programming. How to solve this problem, not the art of problem solving. We are asked to do it in paper first before we switch the computer on. Heinous sin. The pay scale being what it is, if you're really good in programming, you wouldn't be teaching it. You would rather be implementing it for some foreign company and earning in dollars. That's the sad truth, sorry state. And it's almost a racket. Projects and turnkey, you pay money, we will give you a project and you can submit it and get your degree. Illegal tie-ups and so on. True even today. So you can imagine how the state would have been 15 years ago outdated syllabus. 
So these were the three seeds that we watered, the philosophy, the necessity, and the realization. So what did we do? We, we banked on Einstein and uh, Gandhi. Einstein said the same thoughts can't lead you to the solutions. You have to think differently. And Gandhi said, don't keep bitching about what's happening around the world. Try to be the change. So our CEO, you saw him in the video a while ago, he said, why don't we start something within our company? That's what we did. We had great, amazing, big plans, but we said, let's start small. We went to a nearby school. We recruited some six, seven students after administering a test in mathematics and English and the local language, Tamil. They didn't have too many other options. They didn't have engineering or medical as an opportunity for them because economically they weren't really um, capable of affording those high, high cost degrees. We chose three subjects, English, mathematics, and programming or software engineering. Who were the faculty? Faculty were employees within the organization wanting to pay something back to society, give something back to the next generation of engineers coming out. So that's how it started. And I'll take you through very quickly some random profiles of students, alumni, as we see them today, 15 years on. This is Vijay Kumar. Not only teach, but became our co-learners. He is now a senior system administrator. Abisha, just last year, he, she graduated. Parents were still iffy about it, but never hesitate to ask questions, even if they seem embarrassing at first. Again, last year pass out, he's from Bihar. He was working in Delhi. He saw my answer in Quora, and then he came down, cracked the exam, joined, and now he is working in Zoho Labs, a high technology, cutting edge research project. This is Tangam from the School of Design. This is Ritika from the School of Business. Taught me to value collaboration than competition. How important that is in today's times. Crafting stories, fascinated by user education. She is now in the Zoho Partners team. This guy is a hacker. Even before he joined Zoho, he was hacking Python. He was trying to be um, finding out uh, how to not pay for something that he has to actually pay for. Right? Hacking is usually on the gray line between right and wrong, good and bad. He is now a security analyst securing Zoho's applications. This is Mani Maran from Tenkasi. He learned from video conferencing from Chennai. Long before COVID, we already had classes that ran on video conferencing. He's also a sportsman as his uh, photograph will be giving away. This is Al Shefan from a rural area near Tutikorin. He was a diploma in mechanical engineering before he joined us. So what goes on really? How does this work? I'll take an example. This is Sri Lata. The name has been changed. She is from a rural background. That's her parents. We visit her school. We administer a test. 
it's in english as well as in tamil because there are these language barriers sometimes english isn't as prevalent as you think in the interiors of the state there is a deep interview that's conducted again in native tongue that we try to understand whether you have it in you to last the course and be a productive employee in the company whether you have that fire in the belly classes happen there are theory classes as well as practical classes look at this practical class for example she is actually helping a junior out a student from the next batch is being helped here you help you learn by teaching the best way to learn perhaps then a year in she is interviewed for placement in the team you become embedded for your second half of your journey through zoho schools you are embedded as an employee as an intern in the company's various teams there are 57 different teams in our company now across the length and breadth of the software landscape the guidance and counseling continues one of the most important bits of guidance we give you is how to handle money because from day 1 you are being given a stipend of 10000 rupees you are already earning at a time when all your classmates from school are paying fees you're earning and then a year in which means two years after starting zoho schools you are a full blown employee at zoho corporation that's your offer letter and you are off to an amazing adventure at zoho there's a lot of fun too that's the dean of zoho schools he's now retired playing carrom board that's the ceo in a white t-shirt second from right dancing and playing cricket so that's what goes on at zoho schools these are our various heads of the institutions from left uma she's a senior statistician before she joined us she was a professor she's now heading zoho school of technology in chennai anand researcher engineer graduate from iit and texas a&m professor at amrita university now joined zoho and heads zoho tenkasi manoj wanted to give something back to society so early in life i am still surprised and jealous about him he heads the school for advanced study at zoho jayendra babu who is uh, i keep asking where is your sixth finger because he is an artist and a cartoonist he is a practicing professional at zoho as a very senior designer he teaches and heads the school of design and ruby vijay ruby is her name she heads the school of business she is the most recent entrant into the zoho schools this is what happens to a typical school kid every year after finishing class 12 or the equivalent in a diploma first year second year third year fourth year you pay through your nose you pay and then at the end of the fourth year you are at the crossroads will i get a job where do i get a job how do i even appear for an interview during these covid times what are they going to do that's a question mark compare that with the growth path of a zoho university student or a zoho schools graduate from day 1 he or she starts getting an in a stipend which has a bump up halfway down and then a second bump up by the end of 2 years you're already an employed professional in the company compare that compare green means you're earning pink means you are spending 
that's the boy girl ratio in our past 15 years the boys have been a little more in number what makes it tick i'll give you 20 reasons why it ticks here is reason number 1 there is no compulsion that you should attend a course if you think you already know it if you think the teacher is anyway transferring information i can learn from a an online course or google be my guest don't disturb the others no need to attend classes oh here is another no exams we are not going to evaluate you on one particular day give you a question paper take your phone away from you keep a clock in front of you and say do this i'll mark you i'll score you i'll rank you no there is a system and that is perceived as unfair by the students the student will spend more energy cracking the system breaking the system finding a way to work around the system rather than live through the system and succeed so there are no exams who are the teachers we didn't pick them from some college evaluate them based on their degrees and take them in they are practicing professionals some of them chose to quit their ongoing job and jump headlong into zoho schools like the ones you saw in the pictures some of them continue to do one foot on that and one leg here they continue to straddle active development active work while also teaching in the evenings or weekends while the alumni strength many people underestimate the strength of the alumni most colleges you see them you live with them for 4 years and then they are gone they come back for the 25th year reunion here every one of the students who have passed the portals wander around in the corridors they are employees in the company people from your school people from your locality people from your city people from your family are all there waiting to help waiting to offer assistance it's this is this is where the maximum learning really happens osmotic on the side the syllabus is revised twice a year one question we keep getting asked by applicants what is the syllabus what is the prescribed book and we tell them we actually are so tell them if it is printed in a book it is already obsolete because that is how fast technology is changing that is how fast business needs are changing we will constantly revise we will continuously upgrade and update what we teach our students so do not expect any commitment all we can tell you is this is going to be interesting this is going to be useful in fact you might have seen those three words that represent what zoho schools is contextual relevant experiential learning they learn more of what they need and less of what they don't need in fact i had titled this talk teaching how to learn because that is the most important thing we want to impart to our children if we can somehow teach them this is how you need to learn they will take care of themselves they will surprise us with what they learn and how they learn it's truly connected learn when you learn maths you're not just learning maths you will learn meaning of hard words in english you will learn a philosophical lesson one day you will probably watch a movie clipping and learn a lesson for life it's artificial that our school education system divided it into science and history and civics 
and then science became divided into physics, chemistry, and maths, and then physics got divided into various engineering, artificial, not necessary. Philosophy is the love of learning. It's one unified wise piece up there in the cloud. We teach English, we don't teach grammar. How to communicate by writing, by speaking, how to listen, how to read. You don't choose a career, the career chooses you. You're, you're, all of those is available for you, but over time you gravitate towards one of them and the manager or the senior employee understands your interest and tries to provide you as an opening for your passion. We don't restrict the internet because we know you will find a way around it. Instead, if we can teach you a value system, what are wrongs, what are the rights, what is too much, what should be avoided, if we can teach you, if we can give you enough interesting stuff on the good side of things, why would you waste time on the bad side? Students freely mingle. You can't differentiate. When you look at, a, look at a student, when you look at an employee, you can't tell them apart. You start by earning, not by paying. When you start earning, a sense of responsibility automatically comes. Otherwise, a student looks at himself and herself and says, I'm entitled, I'm paying. I go to a movie, I pay for the ticket, I get entertainment. Here I am, I am paying for my education. What are you providing me? That changes to, I am being paid. What have I done to earn this? What have I done to deserve this? The game changes. Individual attention is given. Project-based recruitment happens. Interviews are abolished. You're not placed in a team because you did well, you dressed up well, 15 minutes, you somehow bluffed your way through. You're given a long project. 15 days, you're observed. How you react with your seniors, how you spend your free time, what kind of questions you ask, or you're shy to ask silly doubts. We observe all that. And that's how the placement happens. Classrooms are flipped. Video lessons, you consume them at your own pace. Come to the classroom for discussions and debates, not for one-dimensional, one-way download of information that I can anyway find from Google. Mentors are available, seniors, employees, all willing to chip in one-on-one. -on -one. It's self-paced. There are people who finish the stuff in 12 months. There are stuff, there are people who take a year and a half. You're welcome. Because the aim is to achieve mastery. Aim is not to finish a course. The family is genuinely interested. The faculty are interested. Managers are interested. Because most of the times, this is a place where they are getting a second chance. Something happened somewhere. There's a personal tragedy at life. Some exam, they, they didn't do that last question in NEET and fell a thousand ranks. That kind of Damocles sword evaluation doesn't happen here. So you're given the time to prepare and the time to bloom into a full-blown professional. Which is why we think that's the 20th reason. This is an idea over time. This is no longer an experiment. We started it 20 years ago as an experiment. But today, it's an idea whose time has come and there's no stopping. We are expanding. This is the fifth school we have opened up. We are now considering starting a sixth school within the campus. Let's see where it goes. And that's when Corona happened. 
nobody expected this would come. Luckily, we had already identified our students for the next year by conducting exams in a monthly manner. And we had 150 students, 110 of whom had access to a computer and internet. So that's what we did. We said we will open irrespective of whether Corona ensures a lockdown or not, they will open the gates. They said, welcome to Zoho, but come through your internet on your laptop or your phone. Zoho had amazing tools. Click is a communication tool, connect is an intranet tool. There is mail. Meeting is a video conferencing tool. Showtime is a classroom uh, training tool and learn is a self-paced Coursera-like teacher-student interaction tool. We had all of these already. So it was almost like we didn't even miss a heartbeat moving from a, on a physical classroom to a digital, completely digital remote classroom. That is a, a, a screen from Learn for you. These are all courses that we are conducting for our students. This is our intranet. This is how English is corrected. The teacher has posted a line anonymously, not quoting who posted, who made that mistake. All the other students chip in to correct it. This is one of my favorite pastimes. Here is me announcing it in the intranet chat box. I'm saying there's an event I have today. I don't want to be late for it. Can we have a class at 345? 25 students have piped in and said thumbs up. It looks like Facebook to many of you, but this is how we run our class. That's a video call. This is the English teacher conducting a class for eight students. These are the statistics of a recent class I conducted. Look at the time I spent. Look at the time the other students spent. Look at the engagement. How many questions were asked? Because we went completely online, we were able to tap into the company network, the employees network. We were even able to invite guest lectures from outside. For example, the one on the left, far left, is a professor at IIT Madras. He wanted to do something with Zoho schools and we said, wow, please come. He's teaching advanced machine learning to the students today. The others are senior marketers. One of them is a researcher. They're all giving us guest lectures, which is worth their weight in gold because they are actual practitioners, not just theoreticians. And what tools do these students use? They have been using all these tools. What tools do these students use? Like Hermione, the time turner. There are classes that happen simultaneously. I know some students who actually sign up for both classes. One of them, they attend live. The other, they go and watch the video recorded session and they act as if they are on both classes. That's the energy, that's the interest and enthusiasm they bring. It's infectious. We learn observing them. Why don't we look at two examples? I hope they're both here. Kushal and Nandini are students who are actually undergoing the training for the past four months since we opened in the month of May. I'm done with my presentation. So let me invite Kushal and Nandini, probably one after the other, to talk about their experience.
Thank you. So, am I audible? Yes, you are. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, my name is Kushal, and I'm from Chennai. Uh, I'll start by talking about myself. So, I've been passionate about coding since class nine. And because of the same reason, uh, after class 12th, I joined a computer science degree to pursue a uh, career in computer science itself. But then uh, after one year of my college was over, I realized that I didn't really learn anything that I was excited about like I was in school. So I, uh, the only thing that we did was we used to uh, learn for, uh, we used to solve problems that we felt were most likely to come in the exams a few months later. And I wasn't looking forward to that. So I felt that I'd be wasting my rest of the rest of my years over here if I continued uh, if I continued this degree. So I took the decision of getting out of college and doing something else. And that was the time when I came across Zoho schools and it blew my mind. So like basically when I was applying for colleges after 12th, I wish that a, something a place like this existed where we could learn new things and actually practically apply them without worrying about exams and completing the syllabus and all that. I've never been a fan of uh, exams. So uh, currently it has been like more than four months for me at Zoho schools and uh, I've uh, loved my time over here. So the teachers have been very accommodative and uh, I've had the freedom of choosing the subjects that I like and I'm learning them. Uh, the classes are very interactive. Like it's not only the teacher who is speaking, the students given as much input as the teacher does. So it feels good. Uh, during the classes, we like generally we, we don't take questions from a notebook, uh, from a textbook and just start solving them. But we also we get a chance to look at real world problems and we work on them. Sometimes our uh, teachers also give references from movies and TV shows and it's quite fun like that. So if, uh, and suppose if we are uh, studying about any theories, we are also taught about how they are actually used in real life applications. And I've not experienced much of that in my whole schooling and college time. Uh, and one more interesting thing about the faculty over here is that all of them have had real, uh, have had experience of working in the field that they are teaching right now. And because of that, they've been able to give us a lot of insights into how the whole real world works. And it has helped a lot of us get our questions answered about. Over to you, over to you, Nandini. Yeah. Good evening, everyone. So I'm Nandini, and I'm from Hyderabad. And um, when I was in my 12th, I wasn't really happy with the whole education system. So I wanted to look for something that was uh, different and taught relevant stuff. And um, one evening, I was uh, sitting in my hall, and my mother came up to me, and she handed me a newspaper article. And she said, I think this might just interest you. I said, okay. So I started reading the article and it talked about a girl who was from Zoho schools and was then leading a team in the company. And I was very interested. So I started researching on uh, Google about Zoho schools and came to know more about it. And within a matter of a few seconds or minutes, I applied for the exam that was supposed to be conducted in December last year. So I went to Chennai, gave my exam and I got in. So um, I got in and then in May, we, uh, we were told that it would like the whole uh, school, the whole school would open in the virtual mode. And I was very excited. So on 7th May, we started our uh, journey with Zoho schools and it has been great since day one. 
we were also offered another like we could also choose an elective this year because everything was virtual and you could basically manage your time on your own and i chose i'm part of the uh, school for advanced studies and i chose business as my elective so there are a lot of things going on in uh, my classes and it's great fun so i remember this one incident that happened in my english class when i think the faculty member there was some uh, mispronunciation of a particular word so after class i just messaged him saying uh, is it okay if i correct you and he said yeah yeah of course it is because i'm an eager learner as you know as the same way as you are and i was so happy after i read that message because it just shows how everybody in zoho schools is an eager learner and there is no um what do i say there's no like if the same thing i would have done in my school i would have been reprimanded for it for sure and that was not something that i would really like and um, yeah that's basically how zoho schools is and as kushal said we watch a lot of films we have basically those are our assignments and then we have collaborative assignments that uh, we work on so we have teamwork that's you know developed and that's wonderful so that's my whole experience thank with you zoho. thank you nandini thank you for this opportunity if you are interested in learning more about us do google for zoho schools or visit our website zohoschools.com thank you thank you rajendran it's been very interesting and you know uh, yeah uh, it's most of the time we feel that we are not doing justice in the school as a principal i can feel that this is a great opportunity for the students to learn hand on experience what is being talked about in the new education policy Shall we go to the question session? Yes, why and, not? Um, uh, Nandini and uh, Kushal, do you want to provide a student perspective to any of the answers I give? Please feel free to butt in. Thank you. Uh, what 21st century skills will prove important for students in times to come, and how can schools be ready to impart these? So I think. Uh, this question takes on a completely new meaning when you look at it from the lens of covid the virus has changed the way the world operates a lot of things were already changing but it has brought on an unimaginable pace of acceleration to way things are happening around us i feel one of the most important and probably undersung qualities that all schools all educational institutions should provide our students is the ability the knack the interest and the passion for collaborating can you look at your co-learner and not always compete for marks for ranks for grades for degrees for jobs if you can somehow paper over that somehow build a structure where the it becomes a it becomes a situation a mindset of abundance there are million more pop opportunities today than they were in a generation ago why are we still looking at it as an as a situation of uh, scarcity i have i need a degree in computer science only the top 2% of students can get it and i need to be 99 and above to get into this college all that is a relic of the brick and mortar wall past today degrees are available online from stanford university if you really want to pay for it degrees are available for free from the london school of business in fact nandini just finished that course on coursera 
yes there was an offer pay $3000 and get a degree get a certificate also we chose not to take it because what we were interested in was the true learning and the ability to live a life guided by the lessons we learned in that learning so the first requirement i would say as a 21st century skill is the ability to shed our native competitive spirit and learn to collaborate can there be a indo china joint initiative to find a vaccine for the virus if it had been there we would have probably overcome the problem already i i i regret the fact that we are finding ways to fight about the line of control and uh, problems in our border rather than shake hands and collaborate around this virus so that is my answer also um the second thing is like you mentioned in your introduction you didn't even finish your first line when you mentioned that you were a lifelong learner not many people understand what that really what that truly means what huge responsibility you have when you call yourself a lifelong learner and how enviable you become when you can truly live up to that term so being a lifelong learner is something you need to learn you need to learn the the hunger to always want more the humility to say i don't know enough give me more and actually the resignation to say what i learned yesterday is probably not good enough let me look for something more because careers of the future are going to have very large learning components to them you cannot get ready for a career and get in you have to ready yourself to the for the career by getting into the career all the best thank you sir um i would like to say that yes i'm uh, when i said i'm a lifelong learner i i have just enrolled myself to a course on indology i wanted to learn something about um, the indian culture and uh, yeah so i just uh, joined a course on that okay that second question is it is advisable to create human beings who are totally dependent on computers so is it okay to create uh, first of all we are not creating human beings only god can do that but uh, is it okay to create human beings totally dependent on cows is it okay to create human beings totally dependent on the vegetation in our planet are we not totally dependent on a lot many things already okay let that let us keep that away and what is a computer the definition of a computer is changing today it used to be a large box in the center of the city then it became a decently sized box on a table in one of your rooms in the house then it became something that sat on your lap now it is something that you put in your pocket and you take even to the bathroom so the concept of a computer the meaning what it stands for is changing i think it is okay to be totally dependent on a computer but you also need to give enough respect to some of the things that are by definition not computerese empathy for example a sense of self a sense of understanding of our purpose why are we here on this earth these are questions that are by definition truly that is what distinguishes the human being from the robot 
So if you can develop those aspects, they call it emotional intelligence. If you can work on those aspects, do not try to fight with the computer on finding the cube root of a 10 digit number. You even Shakuntala Devi will lose to today's computers. So let's be very clear about that. But there are aspects where, because I answered the first question with collaborate instead of compete. I am bringing the same sentence here. Don't try to compete with the computer. Collaborate with it. There are things it can do amazingly well. There are things you can do much better. Learn to coexist. That's my answer. The third question is, how effective are alternative forms of education in a mainstream job sector? Okay. So all these questions are from students or from other attendees of this uh, programs or? Uh, I think it is from the attendees. Okay. Because they, they seem to be traps laid for me and I'm <laughs> trying to jump over them carefully. So look at this third question. How effective are alternative forms of education in the mainstream job sector? I am going to unask the question and I am going to ask you, is the job sector mainstream anymore? So there is this guy who drives a two-wheeler, who works in a software company or who works in a bank. In the morning and in the evening for one hour, he does Uber Eats service on his two-wheeler. Uber Eats is delivered from uh, the nearby um, um, South Indian restaurant to my home by this guy. How many little pieces, how many small wheels are turning around in this economy? They call it the gig economy. There are dancers who perform music, who also write programming, who are also aspiring to be speakers. No longer the old conventional idea of you prepare yourself for your career, you enter your career, you spend all your life in the career, you retire with a mala around your neck and go home and sit with a remote control in front of the TV and then slowly 20 years later you die. That's gone. It's the gig economy today. 3.25 jobs, it seems. A typical American teenager has already done 3.25 jobs. So it is no longer a mainstream job sector and hence alternative forms of education are no longer alternative. They are again, going back to the earlier two questions, they are not competing with mainstream forms of education. They are coexisting, they are abetting, they are learning to collaborate. People can do the mainstream education as well as continue on the side learning in their quest to become a lifelong learner. So how effective? Do not always look at it as A or B. It is A, B. Okay. Uh, the fourth question is, there is a misconception that coding is relevant for people interested in tech or taking a career in software. How do you handle this? So I think the question is, um, coding is not relevant for those not interested in tech or taking a career in software. Is that so? Is the question, I think. And uh, um, we talked, okay, beautiful set of questions because I am able to weave between these questions. Go back to question number two. Do you want to be totally dependent on something you have no control over? How do you get control over a computer? By learning to code. You don't need to be interested in technology. You don't need to be interested in a career in software. If you are interested in living well, you need to learn to code. It used to be learning, writing, arithmetic once upon a time. Today, 
the ability to interact meaningfully with the computer by being a power user perhaps by architecting by designing by programming is a definite plus irrespective of which domain you are in by the way my friends if you are thinking it is the biologist it is the pathologist it is the uh, chemistry uh, uh, the scientist working with organic chemicals who is in the forefront of this quest for a vaccine think again there are a huge number of computer scientists data analysts who are putting together a lot of information about what they have identified by this virus's dna by the reaction it gives by what kind of protein folding can be done to find an answer they are running simulated experiments a million times more than what an oxford can do by injecting 20 people every day with a vaccine so what does the computer do it is a magnifier of potential why is ar rahman i am sure most of you know him irrespective of where you are coming from why is ar rahman such an amazing musician he learned how to use a computer to magnify his potential that is what he did so the computer is like a bicycle for your brain they say you can walk you'll sweat if you start running but using less physical force than walking you can actually go faster than running with a bicycle so of course it is a misconception to think that coding is irrelevant for people who are not interested in technology by the way i really regret the fact some day i want to go back and change it who called it coding i think the word by definition already has this aura of a mystery something that is encoded something that is not easily decipherable big mistake call it programming call it making a computer bend down on its knees and obey the master that you have become think of it like that today there are amazing programming languages that fit everybody's needs if you are a civil engineer there is a programming language for that if you are an artist there is a programming language for that if you are an artist who doesn't want to put paint on paper but still want to create art that's called generative art by the way you have a programming language for generative art so please don't live half a life by shunning programming write to me i can work with you i can give you more guidance on what's the best programming language that will suit you thanks a lot thank you so much sir and it has been really good to listen to you and now i invite uh, yashika bali she's going to discuss with you for uh, 10 minutes sure yashika yeah good evening sir and good evening to all over here it's been an overwhelming session today and i have no words to express uh, what i'm feeling actually so overwhelmed and uh, my question was uh, what is life skill uh, life skill that you know uh, will be needed post covid so i think sir has covered i think every part of it everything at zoho i think they are doing and the most important that i felt when i got this question was adaptability and i think adaptability as sir said adaptability is change and i think that is going to be the core 
life skill that we will need as educators as students as parents we will need to adapt to the changes that are coming to us and adapting to those changes could be in all the areas that i think it could be communication it could be interpersonal skills as sir said decision making and uh, problem solving and also the most important i think will be somewhere well self awareness and empathy uh, uh, so i one minute yechika uh, yeah rajendran can you please uh, say for this what uh, she was talking about reflect on that yeah so my only reflection is you use the word post covid and i don't think there is a post covid ever we are not going to be able to overcome this put it to rest and go back to the normal times that we were having before the game has changed irreversibly it's like uh, people were playing test matches all along and suddenly somebody came and said ipl 20 overs now tell me how are you going to play the game so let us learn to live with it um flexibility adaptability are the most important needs of the art the i i keep telling this it's not a an unbreakable iron uh, armor that you need today what you need is very soft and thick rubber suit because from whatever height you fall you will fall you will bounce you will not get hurt you will bounce back probably higher that's what you're going to do the ability to, because you're going to be hit you're going to be hit again and again unexpectedly be ready you're going to be hit that's the exponential time we are living in now an iron armor an inflexible iron armor is not going to help you don't straight jacket yourself you need to be adaptable you need to swing with the game and start dancing that's what's needed okay yes sir so yeah so from the very start of the talk i just picked up some good things that you would say that is collaboration cooperation and empathy which will be absolutely needed from now till the times to come and the new changes that we are going to see now thank you so much sir thank you for this session thank you all the whole team of soulful school thank you thank you uh, anybody wants to ask a question we have one question we can take uh, uh, good evening mr rajendran hi good evening uh, namaste uh, i am ganesh from chrysalis from namma chennai mm -hmm. uh, want to ask you this question uh, a fabulous thought i think uh, you are actually shaken up all the people who are present here and uh, shaken our uh, conventional beliefs and systems uh, now uh, how is zoho looking at scaling up this schools of learning uh, i guess it should go beyond zoho right yes so, so i'm sure uh, all of you okay i'll start the story tell me if you've heard it already there is this old man who is walking in the seashore and a little kid who is walking behind him this old man pauses once in a while and bends down and picks up something and throws it back into the sea you know the story of course yes it makes a difference to that particular oyster that's yeah so that starfish the little boy asks uh, why yes. and the man says I can't change the whole world but I am changing the life of this little starfish. So when we started it 15 years ago we were probably affecting impacting probably hopefully positively the lives of six families. Six became 12 and today 
140 students from 140 families are working with us in this journey we used to have one school we have five schools now we used to have one location we have two locations now and now because we have gone virtual we are everywhere today so what we instead are looking is we're not going to make money out of this this is not a profit oriented initiative by the company this was actually started from a pseudo selfish perspective because we wanted to attract good talent for our company and we found this is a great way to do it we are open sourcing the model i have been going around telling every little trade secret of how we are doing it the tragedy is no other company has really picked it up and come and met us and wanted to know how we do it and probably outdo it the next year i am that my ceo says go go around tell people we need more people to do something like this we can't be the answer for everybody also this is probably valid for technical education what about the arts what about appreciation for music what about uh, comparative history will the same model work i think it will because what are we focusing on we are focusing on contextual relevant and experiential there are no counter answers to these three words whatever you learn learn it with context what is context when am i going to use it how is it connected to what i already learned how is it going to be connected with what i am going to learn next that's context relevant what is the career i am preparing myself for and experiential learn while sitting inside that career already from people who are already experts in that career that's all that is how gurukulam happened before the english came in that is how the german gymnasium happens even today if you want to become a mechanical engineer you first spend time at the workshop you don't learn strength of materials bending and integral calculus today it's all lopsided screwed backways yes theory is important but only when soaked deeply in contextual knowledge that's my point okay thank you so much uh, i think you got your answer ganesh uh, thank you kind so of, much uh, i will connect with uh, him uh, also off later, later. Yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, this is exactly what the new national education policy says as experiential learning and uh, the collaborative learning and all but only when the teachers who are going to do it understands what it exactly means and carries out then it will become truly uh, a policy which can be implemented very well and we are very up, nice to listen to you thank you so much uh, rajendran and uh, thanks everyone for listening thank you